0: Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SCP, where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years building software that matters more, and we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Zach Darnell. Our guest for this show is Josh Driver, co-founder and CEO of Selflessly. Josh shared a lot about his product and service, but my favorite part of our conversation was how they pivoted during COVID last year. He shared one story in particular that I found really encouraging, and I think you'll enjoy it. My co-host is Tracy Dossett, CEO of SEP. Tracy has been with us for over 25 years, and among her many responsibilities, is very involved with our charitable activities. Both Josh and Tracy are incredibly fun people, so I think you'll have a lot of fun with this one. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Josh, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you for having me. Tracy, Hello. are you excited?
1: So excited.
0: You should be, because we're talking to Josh Driver.
1: One of my favorite
0: humans: uh, I soon to be one of my favorite humans, as I'm growing to expect here, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. To this is great.: So Josh, little context for anybody that doesn't know who you are, tell us a little bit about you and maybe like the elevator pitch for selflessly. Yeah. So
2: 6'2, Capricorn, live in downtown Indianapolis, grew up in Indiana, uh, have been in tech, was a medical school dropout and got into tech in 2008. I've been involved in several tech startups that have helped nonprofits uh, over the years and uh, got the uh, little brain hemorrhage in the back that made me want to do another one. And so here we are at Selflessly. So, to give uh, just a quick pitch about my company, Selflessly, we're uh, America's favorite certified B Corp, and we manage corporate philanthropy and social responsibility for small to medium-sized companies.
0: Uh, that's really cool. So, actually, can we talk about that for a second? This idea of a of a certified B Corp, what does that actually mean? Uh, I was hoping you knew. Um, uh, it's not an prepared. A Corp. It's not <laughs> like B tier. Yeah. No. Yeah, B. That's
2: not it. Beta. That's not it. <laughs> um, yeah, So we um, here in Indiana. Indiana is one of 35 states that offer a benefit corp as a business filing. So if you're familiar with LLCs and C corp, so B Corp essentially structured just like a C corp. Uh, The only difference is is that we make a commitment to how we can be a benefit to stakeholders. So we publish an impact report on how we give back and what we're doing to contribute to the benefit of society. But we also are a certified B Corp, which is there's about Oh, no, maybe 3,000 companies now that have this certification.
0: Like so, nationally?
2: Uh, across the globe. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, big B Corps, Patagonia, Ben and Jerry's, Tom's, Dannon. We go through an assessment uh, as far as our policy and procedures, what we're doing as a company, and you can get this certification by this third party. And so, in our space uh, where we're helping companies do more good, we probably should be doing more great quite frankly. And so um, a lot of the B Corp certification is how I'd want the company to run anyways. So it wasn't a huge leap for us. Um, You can go crazy and build a lead certified company and get points for that out of the budget for Q3. However, in our case, uh, so we made up for that with like a diversity inclusion policy, a prep friendly office, offering the best benefits for our employees, healthcare wise, accounting transparency through our team. So it doesn't mean you have to just throw cash into a bonfire for like world peace to sure. be a B corp. Um, you can feasibly do it without a big pivot in your business model.
0: Uh, is this a recent recent uh, certification, or did you kind of know from the start that this was an angle that you wanted to take for the company? From the
2: start. Okay. So when we launched our initial product with the city of Indianapolis, we went out for a certification the following week. We are the sixth company to get the certification in the state, um, but we were the first company to have both the business filing and the certification in Indiana. And so it's a relatively uh, – it's big on the – like every company that's a certified B Corp is is a celebrity on the coast. But here in the Midwest, it's a relatively,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I guess, a lot of people think we're a nonprofit uh, at first. And so we've been doing a lot of education about what a B Corp is. And we're starting to see more of them come up now in Indiana, which I think is a good thing.
0: Do you think that has impacted the the underlying either product or offering of Selflessly.
2: We didn't get the B Corp
0: certifications. Arguably, I'm sure
2: there are companies that use it as a marketing mechanism where we felt our mission is to keep developing the best technology to help more companies, whether they want to be a B Corp or not, but how do we get them at least adopting some of the B Corp mentality? Mm. The best way we can do that is to live it ourselves. The biggest benefit, in my opinion, for us to have it is that no matter who is a stakeholder in our company, whether it's an investor or a board member, we still have the ability to, as founders, to keep more of an expanded stakeholder focus. So we, of course, have our fiduciary responsibility, but we do have a leg to stand on if we want to be a carbon-neutral their car you know, carbon free office, or if, if we were to ever take on like a board member that says no bulldogs in the office, well, that would be their that last would be day. No. <laughs> that would be their last day at selflessly. But it gives us some opportunity to make sure that we're still doing the best that we can given our size. So that's where we you, we leveraged it more so than the marketing kind of side.
0: Okay. I wonder, is there a, maybe there's not, you know, this is an assumption, but is there a balancing act that you have to play because you're a certified B Corp because you're, you're kind of in between a private for-profit company and nonprofits that they're potentially serving is there, is, is, does it create tension in that relationship? Actually, uh, the opposite.
2: So, um, uh, nonprofits are starting to get under the gun of how they can innovate as well uh, because fundraising is changing. Yeah. And well, so yeah, especially in
0: like the last year and a half, I would imagine. It's
2: been a, a clever time for the nonprofit industry for sure. Um, but some of the advisement that nonprofits are getting is why not build a for profit mechanism that could be a, a revenue generator for your nonprofit?
0: Uh as an
2: alternative. So uh, uh, B Corps, Benefit Corps have been kind of a new way to bridge that gap. There really isn't any tax incentive to be one. But as far as maybe the transparency of how an organization operates, it does give validation to that if somebody's concerned about the ethics of a company, uh, which is a growing concern from consumers and customers alike. So by putting it all out there, I think it's the right thing to do and keeps us in check in a good way not that we would have gone off the rails and done anything bad anyway maybe my co-founder but not me (laughs) and
1: do you want to give a shout out to your co-founder
2: oh what's his name again i think it starts with a z
0: right similar name to me
2: Uh, terry
0: no um
2: (laughs) yes shout out to my co-founder zach who um unfortunately couldn't be with us today i forgot to let him out of the crate Oh, yeah, I know. You didn't send him uh, to the lake today? I did not. I think the lake needs a break from
0: him, too. Yeah, Yeah.
2: So that's fine. fine.
1: (laughs) You touched on, well, both of you did, COVID,
2: Mm, the hot topic. Yeah.
1: Um, How did you transition. So I know we were engaging, SCP was engaging with you guys before. We all went home. Everybody kind of did their own volunteer thing that they felt was safe. Um, and now we've re-engaged and are looking forward to, to partnering together. But how did you guys make that transition and um, basically
2: stay afloat? Yeah. We launched the platform in January of 2020.
0: Good so, timing. Perfect timing, Screams. boring year. Yeah. And, you, and you targeted, if I remember correctly, Netscape. Uh, from a web browser perspective, yeah, that and was Blackberries, Blackberries, okay. mm-hmm. Netscape,
2: mm-hmm. Um, graphing calculators, or right. have games on oh, them. That's right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the important ones. Okay. Um, okay. Looking at the device utilization, that's the big. I'm not going to tell anybody how to innovate, but I, mean, I would re- <laughs> re- definitely take a second look at Texas Instruments. Um, uh, we we launched at the beginning of January and uh, quickly, you know, realized that. COVID was going to be a thing and it was going to affect everybody. So we didn't know how our beta companies were going to react to this, what this was going to look like. Our software can't be reconfigured to build ventilators. Like we, uh, as far as I know. Um, Maybe. I may, it might be. Um, I have limited knowledge on the code Next side. Sprint. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, we definitely, we, the nonprofits that we had engaged as part of our focus group on how do we build this so it's not overwhelming to nonprofits. Uh, we engage with them about like, what's this mean for you? Like, what are you concerned about? Um, and so we stopped development and uh, we had, we were engaging companies, but the companies were kind of unsure on what they were going to do and if they were going to go remote and everything. And so we thought the best use of our resources and time at this point is let's figure out how we can help. And so uh, we partnered with uh, CICF and Leadership Indianapolis, Serve Indiana, which is a division of the Department of Workforce and Development AmeriCorps to create virtual give back. We did a virtual give back campaign. And so on the dev side, we reconfigured the app to provide a free volunteer management platform for nonprofits instead of having to pay for it. So let's reduce the, the, the financial burden for nonprofits. Uh, and then we create a webinar series um, and support around technology and what technology could do for nonprofits. Uh, and so we brought subject matter experts in to talk about platforms and where to save money uh, how to you know build a website yourself um, we built a website for a nonprofit internally also offered online meditation and some self-care for the terminal empaths that Mm -hmm. are our executive directors Mm -hmm. of nonprofits. That's awesome. And then we focused as well as how nonprofits could come together and partner and share resources. And so uh, I would say it it wasn't exactly like a sales mechanism for us, but it was cathartic. Uh, We were able to engage people that we wanted to get feedback on our app. But at the same time, you know, I think everybody could use some silver lining good stories. And so it was nice to be a part of that. And so once people started to settle into the remote workforce, then the issue came up. How do I engage my employees now that I can't see them every day? How are we going to make sure that they're still connected to our brand or our culture? And so that was a benefit of our platform to help with employee engagement Mm -hmm. remotely. So we spent extra time working on converting volunteer opportunities to virtual ones and really building up a good catalog of ways that people could give back from home, involve their kids, involve their families. We did a big push like around Thanksgiving. Hey, you're all At home, let's download a coloring book from the Indianapolis Indians, color that, and let's send those to Riley Children's Hospital for kids that are in the hospital. So, we did a bunch of, you know, what what can we do to just keep people engaged? So, it it gave us a challenge. I got to use all four corners of the brain, which was nice. Nice. Uh, I've since shut all of those down. We're we're on one (laughs) cylinder here. Just one. Which one? Yeah. The left corner. Yeah. Left. Left to quadrant, p- passenger side <laughs> <laughs> quarter panel, <laughs> One. but uh, but yeah, so yeah. it was an interesting time. But I think uh, we learned a lot about how we wanted to be as a company and how we want to prioritize things. Um, so it was, I mean, it was a clever time revenue wise, but we run incredibly lean as a company. Um, my co founder Zach won't let me get a Tesla, so um. I know this is, I mean, you want to talk about toxic workplace environment. Um, yeah.
1: I suppose he's HR too. You can't even record oh, yeah. him. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
2: He's all, he's all the things. You're like it's, captive. I know it it's is. Right. Took my credit card away, took my passwords away. So I can't break anything. It's oh. honestly, it's, it's just been, it's been a very challenging time. We're here to help. Time. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. We'll call, we'll call we'll him. This is we'll my call cry for We'll call Zach yeah.
1: after. <laughs> we'll have a talk yeah. on your behalf.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, So we definitely had to, like, you know, adjust our expectations about how we were going to end up the year. But uh, philanthropy and the needs of nonprofits weren't going away. And so maybe the easiest thing would have been to put the platform on a sabbatical and come back when normal happens. But there was just too much of a need. So we partnered with the Young Professionals of Central Indiana, Women in High Tech, and gave free access to the system because all these – membership organizations have super talented, smart people yeah. that are sitting at home that could be giving their skills to a nonprofit. Yeah. So we just, turn, we just turned off the, the paywall and gave these, these skilled volunteers access to be able to go and get out and, and find stuff to do. Well, what did you find as a result of that? Um, interestingly enough, uh, you know, we have in our system almost 90,000 volunteer opportunities, and we found that uh, people know where they want to give. They know how they want to give, where they want to be, what organizations, what causes. They don't need somebody to create like a marketplace anymore. Um, and so we, dive, we were investing in a mechanism to create more of a nonprofit product, whereas we really are finding more participation and adoption By just giving access to the employee to make their impact where they want. And at the same time, too, increasing participation by working directly with the company to create opportunities that are inclusive of everybody's interests. So, and that's where we find our goal is to get 100% participation and utilization of these benefits. So, um, why not? Why not do it this way instead of just throwing you know a campaign at at somebody and expecting them to participate it's just not work how so, it works?
1: So along those lines, you talked about revenue being interesting last year, right um, you're growing and then coupled with Employees know what they want to engage in and getting their employers that information. I think that ties in well with an acquisition that you just made not too long ago. So do you want to talk about?
2: Yeah. In January, we uh, had the honor of acquiring a company called Employee Vitals, which was created by these two dynamic women based out of Kansas City that have worked in the philanthropy space for a long time. They created volunteer or um, employee vitals basically for two reasons. One, companies at the leadership level are really curious to know like what what are our employees into yeah. and what may what are they doing perhaps even outside of like the normal work day? Yeah. So empl- employee vitals is an assessment that an employee can take to provide that information. but at the same time, we have archetypes, um, activator, enterpriser and like a, a doer, so to speak, people want to give back in different ways. Uh, whether it's, I want to write a check and call it a day, I've got other things I want to do, um, or maybe I am not able to write a big check this year, but I'd love to put some trees in the ground or mentor a student. The, the third kind of networker archetype are people that I want to be on a board. Or I, I know somebody that could help the, the, the people that know people. You know? Connectors. Connectors. Thank <laughs> mm-hmm. you. Yeah, oh, that's what we could call that. Ooh. Oh. Perfect. Can
1: you call that the Tracy Dossett Sprint?
2: I might. Okay. I might. We're still you know, catching up from the Paul Pringle Sprint, but we could probably okay. work on that. Um, <laughs> um, so we acquired this company because we found that the missing link next was the personalization of our platform. So we have you can donate to any of the 1.8 million nonprofits to our system or volunteer at over 90,000. But... Um, uh, we found that in previous philanthropic campaigns companies were doing that there was an expectation that employees were going to give. And so there's a bias if an employee didn't donate that maybe they're not connected to the culture of the company. And that's a really unfair like representation. We don't know. You don't know like what health issues an employee may have or co- student loans or. Murder hornets, who knows? Like there's always, you know, and it's really become unfair to depend on financial contributions is the only way. And, and equating that to purpose in the workplace is really a disservice to everybody. So, um, so by us being able to create the archetype and provide more information about what a uh, enterpriser or a networker is. Like, hey, you're more likely to be interested in being a board member. You're more interested if you want to be, if you want to provide more financial resources, here's different ways that you can contribute financially that isn't just going to their website and swiping a card. So we want people to lean into their role as a philanthropist and really ex- like be confident that that. Um, that how they want to participate is is okay and needed. I mean we philanthropy nonprofits are always you know hitting everybody up for money cuz money's the easiest thing. Right. Yeah, and, it, and it's important. It is. Yeah. It is important. So um but how can we not lose that donor if maybe this month isn't a good time. Sure. And so let's let's try to elevate and equate volunteerism to the financial contribution.
1: What is one of the activities that you've seen run through your app. That's either like the most, what's the most interesting, like, Oh, I would never have thought that sounds amazing. And that sounds amazing. Or maybe the most engaged
2: in, like what's so hot right now in volunteering. Would you say? Or
1: I mean, maybe it was (laughs) one like two years ago. I don't know. But like one that really just stood out to you either Um, participation level or just Cool factor.
2: Yeah. So um, we had the opportunity to partner with adult and child health here in Indianapolis. So when the vaccination started to get released, they were able to set up vaccination clinics uh, around central Indiana. Their staffing was all nurses. So the nurses had limited appointment capability because they were also doing the appointment taking and helping find parking and registration. So uh, we were able to partner with them and create volunteer opportunities for the front of the office so that we could expand the volunteer or expand the appointments that were available for people to get the vaccine. So through our system, our corporate users then could sign up for volunteer opportunities. They also got the vaccination for participating.
1: Incentive. Nice. Yeah, And
2: so um, we had every shift filled in all of their locations twice a day. Um, It was incredible. And so uh, the clinic was able to offer more appointments and get more people, especially their patient population is more of the underserved indigent. So being able to get them in and vaccinated was a a pretty big deal to help out with the community. So I was proud of our little do-gooders for getting out there and helping. uh, Well, in the already
1: overburdened healthcare workers were right. then actually just getting to do healthcare and not having to do all the administrative yeah. stuff too. So yeah, that's we, also,
2: awesome. we integrated meal trains too for first for the frontline workers. So people could, you know, buy Qdoba for St. Vincent's ER and, and those kinds of things too. So it was really fun to, if I um, had the time, I'd just like to sit and brainstorm like cool ways that people could give back. Um, and so maybe, maybe someday,
1: maybe Zach will let you. It's Maybe unlikely. you could go to the lake.
2: I don't even know what where the lake is. It's it. Not, none of it makes sense. Honestly, it's it's fine. That's why We're going to yeah, talk about it. I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> we'll help however we can. We Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, it sounds like like a lot of companies. There was a huge pivot last year. Is there anything that you were? I don't know. Surprised by or taken off guard a little bit that maybe ended up being better than you thought.
2: Well, you know, our first quarter of this year, we actually doubled our growth in wow. just the first quarter. What we found. Thank yeah. you. You're thank welcome. you very much. More Bulldogs. I can't. Um <laughs> No Tesla. Uh, <laughs> no not a Tesla. <laughs> um, uh, We found that uh, along with COVID, along with social issues like Black Lives Matter, a lot of the other things that popped up in 2020 really put a spotlight on um, the strategic philanthropy that companies provide and how maybe um, superficial actual philanthropy has become. And an increasing number of consumers, employees want that strategic to turn authentic, and they want to see more work done than just a linkedin manifesto or uh you know the changing of the logo color and uh that's that's a burden that unfortunately typically falls on hr yeah. and it's not like they have other things going on right, right, <laughs> to right. do right like so here here's <laughs> this entire uh you know movement that we need to respond to that we're you know there's no blog on saying how there's to no respond, right? this, <laughs> right. one, there's no
1: guidelines for this right there's no right
2: Um, And so we have found um, we were surprised to see how often we were getting new companies that would come in because an employee heard about us and went to their HR and was like, hey, this might be a tool that can help us do do a better job yeah. and um so good for us but also an interesting kind of perspective on who's really driving the next kind of version of what philanthropy is going to look like moving forward so uh generally we meet with the leadership of a company
1: us older folks yeah that's what you're saying no oh. i would say
2: leadership okay. um there's no i mean 27 that's not older <laughs> Bless you, um Bless so you. uh <laughs> But uh, it was interesting to see how much employees wanted their company. We had a user that was at one of our companies and then left to go to another company. And they asked during the interview, do you use Selflessly? Wow. And so then that company reached out because they hadn't heard of us, which I thought was really odd. Like, who hasn't heard of me? Right. Um, At Josh Driver show on Twitter. Um, But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so, like, that's, it's been interesting to watch more of the employee movement grow our, our company more so than the attention to like what makes it easier for the C suite to market their yeah. good stuff. So does it mean, like that. you know,
0: having an employee want to use a tool, but then also as an added benefit, I would imagine you make HR and, and operations and any group within a, a given organization that might be, you know, handling uh, f- philanthropic efforts for our business as a side hustle So much easier and better. I mean, that's it's kind of a uh, double win. So every year the um,
2: Institute of Philanthropy published a study, they surveyed like 500 companies. It's estimated that about $10 billion in earmarked, whether it's funds, matching donations, skilled volunteer hours, or product earmarked to go to nonprofits gets undistributed each year. Wow. 10 billion. Billion with a B. With a B. Like B Corp whoa yeah oh, well done so it's you know how do we get i mean 10 i'm uh, how, do, how do? yeah we get, that's a lot that's a lot yeah that could make some serious change Absolutely. and so how do we get that out there yeah yeah and yeah. so we, unlock it i keep that up on the wall in my office because that's that's kind of where the innovation is like how do we get that 10 billion out there and what does that mean and so um a lot of how we created our product roadmap is is how do we increase the channels, the ways that people can contribute, uh, no matter where they are in their career or uh, economic stability, can still provide that stuff. Because it's just it's a shame that it's so difficult to to do that. Absolutely, right now. that
1: ties into something I wanted to ask you. What about selflessly, and maybe it's Huckleberry. I don't know, makes you want to get up and do it every day. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Wow, that's a deep question. We should probably tell
1: people who Huckleberry is.
2: Huckleberry is our chief culture officer. Mm -hmm. He's two years old. He's an English bulldog. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. He he types 40 words per minute without having thumbs. We're really proud of him. Um, Well done. Well done, Huckleberry. (laughs) He was my foster. He was a foster dog, and I foster failed and had to keep him. And so he uh, hangs out the office with me and shows up on Zoom calls and Love derails it. any productivity that uh, we have. So yes. he's, he's doing a great job. Okay. He'll get a good review this year. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but I would say what keeps getting me up is uh, our support, our chat support is filled with employees that are reaching out to ask about what they can do. Um, Or if we publish, uh, so recently we put into the system a way to donate um, to India because of the COVID issues Mm -hmm. they're having right now. Um, so instead of having to figure out what nonprofit or what organization is leading that, we did that ahead of time. And so then to see the donations being hit by our users to go support, like you know, I, I need the cathartic stuff sometimes. Yeah. Like to yeah. The reminder that we have good humans.
1: Absolutely. And so right.
2: it's a nice, it's a nice thing to like wake up and look at the amount, see like, oh, there are kind yeah, people. There are. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Where there's a, That's a lot helpful. of them. They exist. Yeah. But yeah. Seeing you know the need for nonprofit if a nonprofit is specific need that they're requesting, or there's a bunch of energy at a company where they're like, we don't know what to do, but we want to do something like that's what drives me because uh, how can you not want to foster that, you don't want to lose that, yeah. that energy. So. Yeah.
1: So we're sitting here. The Palladium, we can see it. If you're listening online, you can't see it, but it's there. It is there, Um, And there are a lot of cars today. And so I've sat and watched this beautiful facility be empty for over a year. So there must be some kind of an event happening, which makes my heart so happy. Um, Are you starting to see the nonprofits that you engage with? Are they getting an uptick in um, engagement and events and things?
2: Slowly but surely. Everybody's mask mandates and, and capacities yeah. Yeah. are all over the board. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have probably another 30, 60, 90 days of this gray area. But I, to your point, definitely seeing more participation. You know, food pantries and stuff are starting to report more people are volunteering. Um, and so we're seeing more interaction in person. That awesome. was gone for good. such a long yeah. time. Good. Yeah. So
0: so there's hope. That's good. There's hope. I'm good. I'm I have good. to hope for the summer. You know, folks are probably more comfortable getting outside. You know, during this kind of transition gray area time, and maybe I think of things like Habitat for Your Humanity. I mean, you're typically outside working on somebody's house, and you know, might be more comfortable. Hopefully, the, those those kinds of kinds of opportunities will you know start to cause an uptick. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It'd be awesome. I think I, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. So I'm kind of curious a little bit about the future. You know, you've talked about this pivot and, uh, you know, actually uh, a few months ago, we talked to Stephanie Ragazzino. She's the chief product officer at One Cause, and she talked a lot about how the nonprofit space was kind of forced to pivot maybe sooner than they expected to change their fundraising models to be less event-based and more, not necessarily like MRR-based, but just uh, on a more regular basis. How do they engage with their donors on a more regular basis outside of just these events and how that was something that they could see on the horizon and the pandemic just almost forced it to happen sooner. And that that could be a permanent change to that industry. Do you, do you see other things in the the philanthropic space maybe that has had a similar impact from the last 15, 16 months?
2: I think Stephanie's right. Like they're, There was looming, you know, with the implementation of platforms like Charity Navigator and GuideStar and having the increased transparency about how nonprofits operate, for better or for worse, has really changed that space. Even in the feedback from our users at times, their feedback was like, "I, I just don't want to go to a black tie event because I'd rather them, instead of spending money on that venue, like, let's just put that towards the mission. I don't need to go and see a fire breather or whatever, you know, the entertainment. And so that was... Becoming a parent pre-COVID that like, hey, are we spending money in the right way and maximizing our opportunity here? And I think COVID really accelerated the decision about how to maybe stop, you know, investing so much in the frills and really getting yeah. down to the mission. And I think that we'll come out of that in the same focus. I think, uh, you know, like we think of like R- Rev for the Health Foundation or Zubilation, like yeah. I think there's always yeah. a place for those. Yeah. Sure. But um, I think that uh, uh, from a fundraising perspective, there's a lot of discussion around being more inclusive of fundraising. You know, uh, uh, when you're fundraising, you're looking for the, up, you know, people with money, a certain demographic. But your donors come in different shapes and sizes and colors now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Zubilation, uh and I love the zoo, but it's an expensive ticket. Yeah. A very expensive ticket. And uh, how do we create more inclusive fundraising or get people connected to the organization? So if right now they can't write a $10,000 check, let's be friends with them till they get to the point where they can write it. So I really think that fundraising is going to adapt. We kind of feel that it's just as effective to start with a volunteer opportunity and sell them on your organization for a longer-term engagement and then convert them into donors in the future. So we're not personally, like, in the fundraising section. We leave that to one cause, um, and Steve could probably – beat me up in a, in a bar <laughs> fight. So I'm not going to get in his way. Um, but uh, 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 I think that um, what what nonprofits really need is coordination on behalf of companies to get their employees out into into the community. Because there's always a guilt component with people that do have volunteer time, but that hasn't really been kind of pushed by the company. It's like, well, I'm going to take this day off and I really don't have the time. So the Employee empowerment kind of methodology is where we think that a lot of first steps can come for, especially with people who feel like they haven't been able to do anything during COVID to help fix any of these issues, that let's work on that momentum. All right, you can get back to it. Now pick your cause and get to work. Yeah. So so that's, that's, that's our plan based on no data, just what we think is going to be a helpful helpful addition to the nonprofit space.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm kind of curious, also, uh, you know, kind of peering into the future. I, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, you guys just closed around recently, yes. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. What do you think the next, I don't know, six to twelve months looks like for you guys? Yeah. So our growth so far has been organic. We really
2: haven't launched a technical go to market mm. plan or any brand building initiatives. Uh, we really went into, like, disaster mode to help, you know, connect people. And that's what we focused on. Um, we just wrapped up a replatforming of our app into a more secure, scalable environment uh, because our MVP was starting to send me the alerts of this. <laughs> 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 you are stop putting Hello. people in this. We we're, endanger yeah. we're yeah. you know, girl, yeah. you know, type yeah. of thing. Um uh, so now that that's complete, um, and we're starting to, to onboard companies faster, everything's been organic and word of mouth. And so this, this round is really focused on getting our brand out there and starting a real, a new discussion around what philanthropy looks like. Mm-hmm. Big companies, Salesforce, Coca Cola, Microsoft, these are the companies we always hear that are doing everything, which is great. And we're, but it doesn't really resonate with a company that, doesn't have a complete CSR department to do all this stuff. So there's not a lot of discussion about how small to medium size and our definition of small to medium size is up to like a thousand employees. What can they do? to to give back because they're not a publicly traded fortune 50 company right right, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. and so uh that's where we want to create a new conversation about um yes everybody can give back it doesn't mean you have to take your 401k and reinvest it or not have that kid because you've got too much volunteer stuff like there's there are ways to to still give back and make a decent impact and so that message needs to get out there and we need to have the resources to go Tell our story. So that's the plan.
1: Um, I I'm gonna say something really cheesy. Are you Do ready? It. Do it. Are you ready? It, so yeah. well it stuck with me. You said, you know, our software doesn't magically switch over to creating ventilators, but I'm listening to you talk about how you guys transitioned during COVID. And this is where it's really cheesy. Like it's kind of a lifeline to the nonprofits that you are helping. And then I think about the volunteers and the struggles that people have had with um, mental health concerns over COVID and their ability to be able to feel like they're providing some value. You know, people just really thought, I'm stuck at home. Like, what's the point of all, you know? So it's it has been a ventilator, Josh.
2: <laughs> oh, it has. Name. It's so just cunning. a different kind. Time. Well, I think, you know, we as tech companies, and and maybe this will resonate with your audience, I think that we all have a responsibility. Like, not every feature that we build has to be a revenue generator. Right. And there are issues that affect our staff and people in our industry like mental health, um, financial instability. So in our app, we have links to mental health providers, not because... We, sh- we have to, or there's like some, you know, yeah. revenue share. It's just, if our app is the way that somebody finds a link to better help or a local count, like good. Like if it's, um, we also include pronouns, uh, filtering for gender neutral bathrooms because they may, may, an employee may not be comfortable going to HR and being like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm in transition or, or I'm really struggling emotionally. And so we've purposely put, Easter eggs isn't the right word, but little things here and there in our app, yeah. just as if this comes across, you know, and maybe even down the road, they're like, oh, I remember selflessly had this phone number I could call, yeah. like, then great. Um, it's not our, you know, part of our roadmap, but we're always looking at ways to put little things in there that maybe can develop a better connection for some more wellness opportunities so if
1: possible. Thoughtful. Now you know why he's one of my favorite humans. I,
0: I, I understand now. <laughs> I mean, right? I understand. I, I, I know. I, you know, I, I I really appreciate you, like even just being willing to. This is our first show that we've recorded in person, so that's yeah. like yeah. number one. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. I, I know. Feel like it's I love it's, this. I it, I'm almost. I'm almost. Uh, like, don't know how to have a conversation because I've been doing this over Zoom for so long. It's it's really nice, but then I, I just love what you're doing and if you were going to do a quick shameless plug before we wrap up, what would you want either an employee that's going to go talk to HR or in an interview, say about selflessly or what a company should know about, uh, you know, maybe the, the key thing that you guys bring to them, the benefit.
2: Yeah, we are, we want to eliminate the barriers to giving back. If you are an overworked HR person, that's, Being forced to figure out how to do this, or you're an employee that would really like to see your employer ramp up a little bit of their community engagement, or if you're a company that doesn't know where to start or wants to become a B Corp, like you're our BFF, like that's who we (laughs) want to talk to. Like you're, we're technically a vendor, but really we're a partner. And the more that we can do for our customers. The more software we can build, it helps even more people connect with the nonprofit community. So, no matter who you are, there's a there's an opt-in form on our website for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there and you. So, uh, selflessly.io and. Um, if you're lucky and land on the website, you may see that it says the Cardi B of philanthropy, depending on when you refresh the website. I'm gonna uh-uh. go
1: like click, click, click. It's
2: super random, and I don't understand when it shows up. It's not, it's, it's whose like idea? A, whose idea? I mean, I mean, huckleberries, obviously, totally. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's uh, it yeah, it usually says give back selflessly, but sometimes when you refresh, refresh it, refresh. it'll be <laughs> the Cardi B. I'm of, sitting here, refreshing. Yeah.
1: screenshot that. Uh, well, sure we
2: do, yeah. Like the cardi B of philanthropy, <laughs> the cool uh, philanthropy's cool mom. Uh, nice. I don't know. We want to be less corporate and more, more like a bestie. More like you. I, I mean your words, but I mean you
0: could do worse. You could do worse. You could do worse. <laughs> Josh and Tracy, thank you so much. Yeah.
1: thank you. This was fun. Yes. It was fun.
0: You, you guys have a it. wonderful rest of your day.
1: You too.
2: Yeah, you too. <laughs>
0: Tracy, we just got done talking to Josh Driver, and I had a lot of fun. He's a fun guy. Learned a lot, too. Uh, I learned more than uh, I, I realized, or than I really expected to, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm curious. What did you walk away with? Because you, you know Josh.
1: Yeah. You know, he's fun, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, quite hilarious. The stuff that we didn't record was even funnier.
1: I know. We should, you should have him back and just yeah. do like a not, not a product focus, just a,
0: just a conversation, a catch most up.
1: In, interesting man.
0: Yeah. Yes. Like that. He would like that. That'd be a lot of fun.
1: I didn't realize the need.
0: Yeah. Which
1: he, he touched on. You know, I think the, the thing that I, that just really resonated with me about what selflessly um, accomplished last year is just, you know, how they, how they had to switch, you know, cause mm-hmm. outside observer, big fan of theirs for a long time. And, not knowing how that was going to play out. I saw the impact that it had on nonprofits, you know, just around our community and how they just pivoted and stepped up to help. So I think he was being very humble when he's like, well, we didn't make ventilators, but you know, they did. And they, they kept some of these organizations afloat and gave an outlet for people. So
0: I, I, you know, just so many companies jumped in to like offer their service for free last year, but it felt like they went a step further. And how do we, get community engagement while we're all separated, like not in community, like in in some ways, you know, and that's, I just absolutely love that hearing some of the stories that, uh,
1: like the nurses and uh, getting volunteers to help all that go smoothly.
0: I just, you know, it's just amazing people. You know, I feel like sometimes, you know, we can, we can kind of have this. It's easy to have this. Woe is me or, or dismal societal view of life. And then these stories of how people come together—it's like ah, oh, yes, yeah. This is what's really this is what's really going on, in, in a lot of ways.
1: Well, and the thoughtfulness of, like you mentioned, putting the mental health links in there, or just providing that extra touch—I think that doesn't, again, like you said, it's not a revenue generator. It's not it's not the main focus of their product, but just being thoughtful enough about and caring enough about his community and users that that's something that they they implemented. So
0: yeah, it is kind of interesting to think about, you know. We build products for a living, and uh, it's. I feel like we often get in conversations with clients about what's your most important value add to your users, and sometimes it's easy to miss the opportunity for for the little touches in products. And I I love hearing how they have and he has taken uh, just small bits of opportunities to provide a, a little extra. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. It's it's it was really cool. I I also. I had no idea what a certified B Corp was. I knew that they were one and I purposely did not Google it so that I could just kind of learn on the fly. That's a really cool mechanism.
1: It is. When I initially heard of it, assumed, like he touched on, Mm -hmm. that there was some sort of a tax favorable status, um, but that there's not and you're really just doing it.
0: Because that's what you want to do. To
1: be good. Yeah. To be good. So It's really cool. It is very cool. Um, And I didn't realize he listed a couple of big companies like mm-hmm. Ben & Jerry's and Patagonia. I didn't realize yeah. that they were sort of a like B-Corps too. It's, so
0: it's really cool. I had no idea. Tom's. Although now thinking about Patagonia and Tom's, I don't know much about Ben & Jerry's, like their, their model. Totally. I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. sense.
1: <laughs> he was wearing Tom's yesterday too. I wonder if there's like a B-Corp.
0: Like discount. Posse. You know, like they can like roll together. Maybe let's so. Let's get each other's. Should be. Swag and. Totally. Products. Yeah. Should be like a little should club. should do that, Josh. There's only 3,000 of them in the whole world. Right amazing. And then, you know, I'm, I'm excited about their future. You know, they just bought a company and I think we're getting ready to kind of use some of that analytics and things here soon as a company. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to try that myself as a, as a yep. user.
1: Yep. Roman and I did a, a test demo of Ooh. the um, survey that they'll send out and offered There's up some, some questions that we'd like included in there. But I think it's going to be really great because, you know, companies, we want to know what our employees are doing, but not not in yeah, a weird tracking a way, way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. just like, how can we um, better facilitate engagement with our community? And some people really want, um, I just want to do my own thing and mm-hmm. they'll have an opportunity to share that. Or like, no, I really want you like SCP, to provide family activities where we can go and, you know, serve together. So I'm excited about that and getting that set up and info and then starting to use the Selflessly app.
0: It's so, f- it's so fun to be like the person behind the user screen sometimes. You know, when we're when we're so much like helping other people do it, it's like, oh well, we we get to be on the other side of the screen now, so right. be kind of fun.
1: You can report your feature request to yourself.
0: Nice. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's full circle. Yes, it. it, it yeah. Circle of products. <laughs> uh-huh. um, the you know the the last thing that stood out to me, and i never really thought about philanthropy that way, or like myself as a quote unquote philanthropist, but anybody who helps another person in some ways, you know, is a philanthropist, whether it's through money, time, resources, knowledge, whatever.
1: Yep. The whole time, talent, that. treasures. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's right. You know, you these organizations, like, of course they want the huge donors, but mm, um, sure. I've seen in, in situations and serving that I've done, like, if somebody can give an hour mm-hmm. to come and box up food or shop with someone or, gosh, you, run to walmart and pick up a pair of socks and drop them off we've done that here um it's just it's a huge impact even though it feels like it's something very small it's true
0: it's so true well thank you for joining me for this show absolutely i had a lot of fun same you're gonna have to do this again my
1: first podcast you did great thank you
0: go team all right y'all well we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time
1: bye-bye